This program has been made by the friends and partners of Jennifer LeClaire Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's teaching. in the spirit, really live in the spirit, you will walk, move, live, have your being, enjoy unspeakable and full of glory. You don't have to have a down day. You don't have to have a bad night. You don't have to have a woe or a care in the world. We can cast all of our cares upon him because he cares for us and we can walk in joy that makes the unbelievers jealous. Amen. You know, I woke up this morning and I felt like all was right with the world. You ever wake up that way? Now, here's the thing. I know that not everything is right in the world. Amen. There's wars in Ukraine right? There's people starving to death in Africa, right? China is rising up and making threats. Russia is uh, swirling around nuclear Armageddon. I know that not everything is right in the world. Not only that, not everything is right in my world. I have problems and challenges just like you. But guess what? I woke up feeling down deep in my soul that there was just... Everything was right in the world. And you know why I can feel that way? Even with the drama, my mother just had this major surgery, all these things are swollen around me. You know why I can feel that way? Because I've got the joy of the Lord, amen? And you, can, you have that same joy. It's not down deep in your soul, it's down deep in your spirit. When you got born again, the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of you, yes or no? And he brought with him all of his gifts and all of his fruit. And joy is a fruit of the spirit. So if you live in the spirit, really live in the spirit, you will walk, move, live, have your being, enjoy unspeakable and full of glory. You don't have to have a down day. You don't have to have a bad night. You don't have to have a woe or a care in the world. We can cast all of our cares upon him because he cares for us. And we can walk in joy that makes the unbelievers jealous. Amen. I read this study and it said, I got to give you the statistic. I was shocked. I always read. I read the news all the time. And I read this study. Americans are more unhappy today than they have been in the last 50 years. People are just absolutely miserable. And they go to all these gurus and they find Oprah's book of the month club and they go to all these self-help specialists and they go to all these psychiatrists and psychologists and some of them even go to deliverance ministers. But what they need more than all of that is just the joy of the Lord. Amen. And it's right here. No devil can steal your joy unless you let him take it from you. And we're not letting him take it. Not one more day. We're not going to walk around in misery. We're not going to walk around with trouble. We're not going to walk around with woes. We're going to walk around saying, wow, God, look what you've done. Look what you're doing in my life. You are amazing. But I mean, here's the thing. It gets worse. Just 14%. Say Somebody say 14%. That's a small number. Just 14% of American adults say they're very happy. Listen, I'm very happy. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. This is my favorite part of the week. It didn't used to be until I got my mind right. And coming here and worshiping with you guys is my thrill and it's my joy. I love it. Amen. 14%, only 14%. But then it gets worse. Look at this. This is crazy. 
This is crazy. Young adults, how many young adults do I have in here under 35? Wave at me if you're under 35. Kevin. <laughs> young adults under 35 who are single and non-Christians report the highest levels of unhappiness. That's not surprising. But here's what is surprising. Only 36% of active Christians, that means they come to church, they read the word, they pray, they worship, they have fellowship. Only 36% of active Christians describe themselves as happy. That's a sad testimony. I think they need to come to Awakening House of Prayer. Amen. Because <laughs> we got joy down deep in our soul. Amen. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Romans 14, 17 says this, For the kingdom of God is not about eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy. And joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Joy doesn't come in a bottle. It doesn't come in a mix. It doesn't come with something you puff on. Joy comes from the Holy Ghost. Amen. Oh, Jesus. Father, in Jesus' name, help us today to walk in the fullness of joy that you died to give us. Help us to learn how to position ourselves to tap into and cultivate the fruit of the Spirit called joy. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So then what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Because we know life happens. Yes? Life happens. Life has happened a lot to me in the last five years in particular. And it's happened a lot more in the last year. I mean life. When I say life, I mean hard knocks, bad breaks. Amen? And so what do we do? We have to, number one, choose to rejoice in the trial. We have to make that quality decision. As a matter of fact, we need to choose ahead of time that when the trial comes, we're going to rejoice. We need to choose ahead of time that if we lose our job, if the stock market crashes, if, our, if, if we get in, we're going to have to choose to rejoice ahead. We have to set our mind and keep it set. If we would do that now, then we would have an automatic knee-jerk reaction of rejoicing instead of groaning because it doesn't get us anywhere. All of it, James 1, 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. That's always troubled me. I'm like, James, apparently you have not experienced the kind of trials that I've walked through. <laughs> you ever feel like that? You ever read scripture and you're like, are these guys living in real life or what? But they, they are, they are. Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr., he was a U.S. Supreme Court justice and for 30 years. And at one point in his life, he explained his career decision because he was going to go into the ministry. But he became a U.S. Supreme Court justice instead. And he said, I might have entered the ministry if certain clergymen I knew had not looked and acted so much like undertakers. Oh, Jesus. And that is a sad testimony. When the leader that you're under doesn't have any joy, mm, guess what? That trickles down. That oppression trickles down. That, that heaviness trickles down. Rejoicing in the trial is hard to do sometimes. We'd be better, we'd be better off if we did. You know, we'd be better off if we chose to obey God and rejoice. Scripture says over and over and over and over again to rejoice. It says it so many times. I, I mean, six, seven, eight, nine times. I mean, specifically, it says to rejoice. We would be much better off if we would choose 
to submit to God instead of allowing our emotions to make a wrong decision for us. Because when we're going through the trial, we don't feel like rejoicing, but we don't walk by feelings. We're not supposed to. We walk by faith. And if scripture says rejoice and we want to submit to the, to the Lord and, and resist the devil, we need to obey what he says. Oh, y'all don't like that. A long time ago, because y'all all convicted, like, oh, I'm convicted too. I, my own messages convict myself. I'm like, oh, ouch, ouch. So many years ago, I was, a friend of mine was at my house, and my, my computer had just written a, a new book. And it's the book out there called um, uh, Cultivating it's a book, Faith for Miracles or something. It's a blue book. I can't remember the names of my books anymore. The working in miracles, building faith, something. Anyway, I read this whole, I, I wrote this whole book and it was done. You know how long, you, it takes me about 40 hours to write a book. It used to take me about, about 500 hours to write a book, but I can do it now in about 40 hours. And so who wants that grace? Y'all looking at me like, whoa. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I release the scribe anointing upon your people, God, and the hunger to study the word so that something else will come out in the name of Jesus. Let books come forth from Awakening House of Prayer members in the name of Jesus. Let their message go to the ends of the earth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I didn't know I had so many writers in here. So I had a book on my computer. I just finished it. It took me a long time to write it. And my computer was brand new. Like it was brand new. And I downloaded, you transfer it, you download everything. Brand new. And the thing, it like had the, the blue screen of death on it. It was a Macintosh. And I'm like, what is this? This is a brand new computer. And it's got a blue screen and it has this little flashing thing. And I'm like, oh, shut up, shakate. And I'm prophesying to the computer and it's nothing. And come alive in the name of Jesus. And nothing is happening, right? I'm casting demons out of the computer. Nothing's going on. You know, I'm doing a praise dance. Nothing. I mean, every 101 tactics for spiritual warfare, that book came out of my experience because I tried it everything. <laughs> nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. And a friend of mine was there watching all this, and he says, he goes, let's praise the Lord. And he begins to sing. And I began to look at him like, you better shut up. What is wrong with you? Can't you see that my manuscript is gone? You want to sing? But he was right. And I was wrong. He was praising the Lord. And he kept praising the Lord, even though I was giving him some witchcraft face, you know? I'm like, look at you, like, what is wrong with you? I was... He kept praising the Lord and praising the Lord and praising the Lord. And you know what happened? The Lord gave me a strategy to get that off that thing. And I got the book and it's printed today. Amen. We need people around us. Listen, we need people around us that when we can't praise the Lord, they can praise for us. We need people around us like Aaron and her that when we can't lift up our arms anymore that they can station themselves on one side or the other and lift up our hands for us. So we have to be very careful then about who we hang around with. Yes or no? Yes. Uh-oh. We have to be very careful. We got to hang around joyful people. That like eliminates most of your family right off the bat, right? Almost all your co-workers and at least half your friends, <laughs> right? 
got to hang around with joyful people. Are you living in the Spirit? Living in the Spirit is more than moving in signs, wonders, and miracles. Living in the Spirit is being empowered by the Spirit. Living in the Spirit is receiving guidance from the Spirit. Living in the Spirit is keeping in step with the Spirit, and so much more. So how do you live in the Spirit? In my new series, I'll teach you how to live a life that attracts the presence of God, positions you for promotion, brings breakthrough blessings, and so much more. Check out my new series, Living in the Spirit, at schoolofthespirit.tv. Watch online at schoolofthespirit.tv slash living. Hey guys, did you know I'm in South Florida? At Awakening House of Prayer, every Sunday, preaching, praying, prophesying, and casting out devils. Our heart is to equip you to live a supernatural breakthrough lifestyle. You'll discover that Christ is exalted and the Holy Spirit moves in every single service. Now, you've got two different opportunities to encounter God and His Word through prophetic worship and relevant messages every week. Give me a year of your life. Apply the Word that I teach and watch what God does. Two services, 1047 a.m., that's a practical teaching with a prophetic edge. 1.30 p.m., that is School of the Spirit at Ahop for going into the deep things of God. Most weeks, we've got a 4 p.m. straight up teaching, no worship on that 4 p.m. service, but we're going deep, equipping our community for works of service, signs, wonders, miracles, prophesying, casting out devils. Listen, we're looking to raise up an army in our region. And if you're not in the region, jump on over to ahop.online. You'll find our morning service streaming over there. Become a web church member, go deeper, ahop.online slash web church. We'll see you there. See, when you're around people who are drama queens and drama kings, right? People who walk in stress instead of walking in the spirit, right? People who are complaining, upset all the time. There's always something wrong. They never have anything good to say about anything, anybody ever, ever, ever. What that does is it pulls you down into a pit if you'll let it. But here's what the Lord showed me. We're going to go through times where we walk with people who are going through severe earth shattering trials and they're going to be doing their level best to survive. So this is not a license to cut people out of your life because they're going through a season. This is a license to understand that you are, or an exhortation to understand that you are responsible for what you think and you are responsible for what you feel. Somebody tell your neighbor, you're responsible. You got to tell your neighbor, you got to tell your neighbor. <laughs> she was telling you, you got to tell her back, you got to tell her back. You got to literally get away with that. All right. You're responsible. So, so listen, how many of you, if you were going through a, a, just an earth-shattering trial, you would hope that you had one or two or three people who would just, you know, stand with you? See, Job, I've been reading the book of Job. Job, I read a quarter of it yesterday, a quarter of it today. And I'm reading the book of Job, and I'm like, man, these people, these people were mean. His friends were just nasty. I mean, they were accusing him left and right. And I mean, here he is. He lost his, his everything he owned. He lost all of his kids. He's taken a piece of clay pot and scraping the, the boils off of his body. I mean, he lost everything. And he's trying to reconcile this. He's got a wife saying, curse God and die. And he's around all these friends that want to pull him deeper into a pit. 
So if you want to have that kind of friend or spouse or family that will stand with you during those times, you have to cultivate such a faith and a joy in your heart that when someone in your life is struggling, you don't let them pull you down, but you're able to reach down, come on, and pull them up. That's what it's all about. You've got to to learn how to cultivate this joy. It's such strong joy down deep in your heart, down deep in your spirit, that your joy becomes contagious. So listen, nobody can pull you down into a pit unless you let them. Oh, Jesus. Nobody can make you do anything. Nobody can make you feel any kind of way. Nobody can stress you out. You ever have someone, well, you're stressing me out. I ain't stressing you out. You stressing you out. Nobody can, you have to allow somebody to stress you out. Amen. So we got to hang around joyful people when we can. And when we can't, we need to still, we can't use that as a reason to lose our joy. There was an American journalist, his name was Norman Cousins. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. I have because I was a journalist. And he was diagnosed with this like really rare crippling arthritis. It was so painful. They said, there's no cure for it. You're going to be in pain the rest of your life. I mean, that's a word curse. Doctors don't mean to, but they release word curses over you. And so he was, he, 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 he basically, you know, said, you know what? I don't receive that. And I declared the opposite is true. And he went home. He checked himself out of the hospital and he went home and he found all these old, like, you know, Marcho Groucho Marx stuff and all this, uh, all these old candid camera reruns and all these things back in this, like back in the seventies that would make him laugh. And he sat there and watched these things for hours and hours and hours and just laughed and laughed and Remember, the Bible says that laughter is medicine for the soul. That's why I like to laugh all the time. And, and so he's watching this, and he like noticed the patterns in his life. And he said for every 10 minutes that he laughed, he got two hours of sleep without pain. And he kept on watching these funny things, and he kept on laughing, and he kept surrounding himself with people who liked to laugh, who had a joy in them. And he was completely 100% cured of the debilitating arthritis. 100%. <laughs> And then all these doctors, like 200 doctors from around the world, started writing him letters saying, write down exactly what you did. Like, like, like what did you watch? Like, they're leader scientists. They're looking for a formula, right? But see, here's the thing. I like to laugh. Anybody that knows me knows that. See, when I'm under that, that mantle of the prophet, like at Elijah Company, it's scary. <laughs> it's scary for me. I say things sometimes like, oh, God. That wasn't me. That was Prophet Vanessa. She's ventriloquisting. She's ventriloquist. She's project because I say things under that office and call things out, and I'm like, oh boy. And while I'm doing it, I'm like, what? it's like, you know how in the scripture when it, when God told Ezekiel to stand up, and then before Ezekiel had a chance to respond, he found himself on his feet. Sometimes I, so what happens to me is like the Lord takes over my mouth, and before I have a chance to even like, it's too late. I can't put the words back in. It's like too late. So when that when that anointing comes, that prophetic. But when I'm out of the beach baptism, didn't we have a good time yesterday at the beach baptism? We had such a blast. We were having a fun and, you know, I wanted to smash cake in somebody's face, but 
I didn't get to. But, but, but see, me, I, I like to laugh. I like to play. Why? Because I work hard, man. I work 13, 14 hours a day doing ministry, counseling, all these different things. I work hard. So when I'm not working, I want to have a good time. Amen? And I believe that Jesus was full of joy. He went to the wedding. He turned water into wine. Come on. I believe he liked to have a good time. I don't believe Jesus is walking around like, oh, I got three years. Then they're going to crucify me. Follow me. He had to have some kind of charisma, right? He had to have something in him that was worth following or people wouldn't have followed him. I mean, people left everything they had to follow Jesus. Paul said, I decided to follow Christ. Everything else I counted as rubbish. He is the one thing. Amen. He's the one thing. So we have to, we have to, we have to hang out with people. Now y'all going to want to all hang out with me. I know because I'm so full of joy. <laughs> Praise God. I like to have a good time. I like to tease. John 15, 11 says, these things I have spoken to you that my, jo- that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. So we want to press in and hang around people that are joyful. And we also want to learn how to live in his presence. See, when you come here to Awakening House of Prayer, you are stepping into like this prophetic worship bubble, right? And it's like you can walk in, people, people will tell me, you know, I'll ask, I was asking Jonathan yesterday, like, how did you find the church? He's like, he told me the story. So I walked in, I felt the presence of God. He said, you were talking about maybe there's a witch in a church. And I was like, was well, it me? Is it me? Is it me? <laughs> but he said he felt the presence of God. And when you come here, you can feel the presence, the love of God. And then when we begin to lift up his name, I mean, it's off the chart. I, can't, I have a hard time getting you to stop worshiping. And I really don't want to make you stop worshiping. But at some point, you know, we've got we to get into the word. The word is not boring. The word is also brings in the presence of God. Amen. And so you feel that. But here's the thing. You don't just have to feel that way. You don't just prophesy life when you're here with me in the church and with each other. You don't have to just feel that way, you know, when you're inside these walls or in the prayer room on Friday night. That, you should live that way all the time. Amen. Practicing the presence of God. Being more sensitive to his heart. Understanding that, you know, like Paul said, that we live and move and have our being in him. That we are in him all the time, even when it doesn't feel like we're in him. We live too much by feelings. We all do. We all do. Myself included. We all do. We live too much by feelings. And if we were living by Holy Ghost feelings, that would be okay. But we live by this unrenewed mind too much. And we need to learn how to live in the spirit, how to practice his presence, how to appreciate moments like this and say, Lord, let me bring that back home. Some of you need to go home and when you feel gloomy, just put on today's, you know, go back to our YouTube channel and replay today's worship session and you won't feel gloomy anymore. You won't feel depressed anymore. When I was very young in the Lord, I learned this. I'd be working and I was a single mother working just as hard as I could, you know, wasn't getting any support from, from anybody and just me and the Lord, depending on him fully and witchcraft and all this, this hordes of hell sometimes would come against me and I'd want to fall asleep and, and all these things were coming to me and it was hard. It was really hard. But I remember I'll just go on YouTube and put on some high praise. Amen. I'm talking about the old school Pentecost high praise and just get up and sing and dance and shout until I broke a sweat and that witchcraft would break. Sometimes you got to break a sweat to break the witchcraft. 
And I would just sing and praise and pray until that broke. We have to stop allowing our, our feelings to dictate our our day, like what we're going to do and how long we're going to do it. You know, they say that our minds, we only use like 20% capacity of our minds. Imagine what we could do if we could really tap into the mind of Christ and walk. But see, we have to be in the spirit to do that. We have to be in his presence. So we need to learn, really learn to live in his presence. And I could do a whole series on that. Maybe one day I will, because it's, it's not a formula, but there are some, some decisions that we have to make if we want to live in his presence. And, and technically, yes, we, he is omnipresent. He's everywhere. Where could we go when his presence not there? But I'm talking about that, that knowing. Now, just one more thing. As we transition, I was sitting in the presence of the Lord. And Ray, you got to hear me, son. This morning, and I was praying for you. Somebody say thank you. <laughs> I was praying for you and I was praying for me so that I could minister to you. And I heard the Lord say something I never heard him say before. He said this. He said, listen, if you're listening, say amen. Woo, that was a good amen. Did you hear that? He said, he said, listen, I'm going to have to unpack this. Some of you might not get it. Some of you are immediately going to get it. You're going to shout. Here's what I heard the Lord say. It's all coming together. and got back up again, it was worth it. Every mistake you made, you learned a lesson that is bringing you to a better place. All the pain that you encountered along your journey, God is about to bring beauty from that pain. It's all coming together. It looked like you were falling apart. It looked like things were going the wrong direction, but it was all in the plan of the Lord. He then let the enemy get too far. He is in control. He is sovereign. He is mighty. So just one last time, let's just give him as much praise as we can. At Jennifer LeClaire Ministries, our heart is to sow into the lives of people who may never otherwise hear the gospel of Christ or break out of bondage. Although we've traveled to dozens of nations in strategic missions to evangelize and equip believers, there's more work to do than we can possibly get done by ourselves. That's why JLM is partnering with ministries around the world to help them do what they do best. We're partnering with ministries in India that are transforming the lives of people with leprosy. Ministries in Africa that are bringing clean water to the masses. Global ministries taking the hope of the gospel to the ends of the earth. Messiah-centered ministries in Israel that are doing the work of Christ in the Middle East. Ministries that provide a hand of hope to hurting people in America's inner cities and the nations. When you sow into JLM, you are sowing into the work of God in the nations. Together, we're better. Will you partner with us 
to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, to feed hungry people, to bring hope to the addicted, and more, you can sow a seed today at jenniferleclair.org slash missions. Thank you for your partnership. In 2007, the Holy Spirit woke me up in the middle of the night and told me he would bring a third great awakening to the nation. I believe we're going to see the greatest great awakening in the history of the world and it will spill over into the nations of the earth for the glory of God. I believe we'll see a movement greater than all previous moves that God put together. And I know it's predicated on prayer. The Awakening Prayer Hub's mission in any city is to draw a diverse group of intercessors who have one thing in common, to contend for the Lord's will in its city, state, and nation. Bishop Bill Hammond, Lou Engel, Cindy Jacobs, Mike Bickle, James Gall, Alveda King, and many others are standing with us. Will you start a hub or find a hub in your city at awakeningprayerhubs.com?